What's up, everyone? This is part two of Overstanding the Law of Profusion. This book was written in 2008 by myself, Hassan of Skill This is a summary, a look at how to develop your mind to achieve. And the book, sources of the book, are many sources, but some of the main sources is uh, Think and Grow Rich by Pauline Hill, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Wallace, Lectures, uh, Commentary of Imam W. Dean Muhammad, the son of Elijah Muhammad. And Elijah Muhammad is one of the greatest motivators of, for success. Uh, doing for self, self-motivation for the African-American people. Those who are not familiar with Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he is the one who, who was the spark behind Malcolm, Malcolm X. There would be no Malcolm X if it wasn't for Elijah Muhammad. And what he learned from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad for doing for self, self-development. So, we're going to finish, we're going to move on to part two of this uh, of this blog. Like I said, the subject is Overstanding the Law of Profusion. We're going to read the session entitled Select the Things that Go Into Your Mind. And it reads, uh, this is a quote from W. D. Muhammad that he made on June the 20th, 1975. And in this quote, he says, one who allows lies to grow him into falsehood is growing out of the nature of the natural world. So he's letting us know, W.D. Muhammad is letting us know that you have to avoid letting the world feed you lies. Uh, you have to avoid allowing lie, lies to come into your mind because those lies will grow you out of the natural world into an unnatural world, an unnatural reality. Uh, Muhammad, the Devil Muhammad revealed the secret and power of words on the subconscious in the April 1975 lecture in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, two months previous to that June 20th quote. He said, what do we mean by language? Look at the number one and the number two. You may not call these words, but in God's wisdom, I am writing words. Those numbers are seen as words even in the wisdom of the wise of the world, of wise of this world. A word is that which brings a message to your mind. Everything that I am doing is bringing messages to your mind. You don't call these words, but they are. What you are doing now is getting words. When the baby comes from the mother, the eyes open and the baby sees something when the eyes are open. Without a word being spoken to the child, the child has received my words. The images that the child sees are words going into the mind of the child. Everything in your environment is words speaking to your mind, forming you in the body. The books you read, the language of your parents, 
the talk you heard at home, the words you heard in the streets, the physical things that you looked at and thought about, the physical things that you looked at and didn't think about are all words. All these things have acted as words, gone to your mind, formed you, and they are forming you for, for as long as you live in this world. The process of making or forming human beings never stops. It goes on all the time. If you don't want yourself to be created in ill, weak, bad, ugly, or, or diseased forms, you have to get wise in the language of the environment and start selecting things that you want and start selecting the things that you want to go into your mind. David Muhammad also stated June 20th, 1975, you should become you should become men and women who seek truth and knowledge instead of material toys. If a man has wisdom, he does not worry and crave for the glitter of the gym world. If you take everything he has and leave him physically naked, pretty soon he will have more clothes, another car, and another home. His wealth is not on his finger or on his body, his physical body. His wealth is inside the real body, the divine body. It is the force of nature in the physical body that manifests his urges of our desires. If your mind cannot handle those urges, these urges, the urges grow in power to overcome you. God made us as mind, as intellect, and as divine being to be ruler in the earth. He tells us in the Bible and Holy Quran to subdue and conquer everything in the heavens, everything in the earth, and everything that is in ourselves. W. also uh, in the book entitled The Teacher W. Hunt says, he says the following, the human life has a human nature whose eyes open to the world and says, I must make my own world from the creation given to me by the creator. Every creature makes his world. The divine supreme being gives us a supreme pattern and all the material materials needed for making his world. But he himself is not going to make it for you. God is not going to make it for you. The supreme being is not going to make it for you. He gives you the nature and the mind. And he opens your eyes to his great doing. Then he, then he challenges you by telling you to make your own. So what he's saying here is, is obvious. I'm, I'm sure many of you understand, but just a clarification for those who may not understand. He is saying that you have responsibility to make your own mind. Every human being has responsibility to develop themselves in the form that God wants, or the supreme being wants. Meaning you have the ability, you have the ability to take into your mind those things that will move you forward and leave those things that will keep you stagnant or moving backwards. The object is to move forward. In a subchapter entitled Man Means Mind, we're gonna look at, we're gonna go further into that idea of what you take inside your mind brings about who you are. So this title is called, this little sub chapter is called Man Means Mind. The mind's eye, according to Frederick J. Ackenkohler, the second, who we all know as Reverend Ack, famously known as Reverend Ack, 
he says that the mind's eye is the exitory visual faculty of God and man. God creates through the God creates through the imagination of man. I mean, everything that we see in creation, every house, every car, every airplane, all came from the mind of a human being. From some human being's imagination. The human being had to imagine that thing in their mind first before it became a reality in the physical world. So, to put it another way, man through his mental faculties is able to focus and create constructs in his mind that later manifest in the real or material world. We make our world through visual visualization. The things we think about all the time. Earl Nightingale, one of the leading self-development gurus of our time, states, whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. Wallace Wallace explains this concept even further on page 14 of his book, The Science of Getting Rich. In this book, he says, no thought or form can be impressed upon original substance without causing the creation of the form. Man is a thinking center and can originate through all the forms that man fashions with his hands. I'm sorry, man is a thinking center and can originate thought. All the forms that man fashions with his hands must first exist in his thought in his mind. He cannot shape a thing until he has thought that thing. Okay? That's why um, the ancients have said that man means mind. Now, W.D. Muhammad, or W.D. Muhammad, who I believe one of the most prominent spiritual reformers of the century, states in in this 1975 book, Teach of W. Herman, he, in, a, in a certain called Man Means Mind, in that article, he, which is entitled Man, he states the following. A great knowledge that we have been teaching you is that words make people. People are the product of words. A human being doesn't start to form in the flesh body until words reach the ear or the eye or affect the senses in some way of that human being. Okay. A Latin, uh, 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 a Latin philosopher named Rene Descartes states the following. I think therefore I am. So he said that I think therefore I am. So my thinking is what makes me who I am. I think it therefore I am. If I didn't, if I didn't think I wouldn't exist. I think it's therefore I am. And there, and there are many other ways to, to look at that. Some, some, some may be able to go deeper. But I think therefore I am. After a quote by Rene Descartes, a Latin philosopher. Okay, now, let's go further. We must constantly guard what goes into our minds. As Earl Nightingale stated, stated, we become what we think about all the time. We must change our thinking to change our life. Everything begins with a thought. 
Ralph Waldo Emerson is quoted as saying, "Life consists of what a man thinks. Thinking, life consists of what a man is thinking about all day. What we think determines who we are, and who we are determines what we do. Our minds are receiving stations and transmitters." John Locke said, "The actions of man are the best." interlopers of the thoughts. James Allen said, you are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Another author, William Arthur Ward said, nobody limits achievement like small thinking. Sorry, nothing limits achievement like small thinking. Nothing expands possibilities like unleashed thinking. So, we know from those folks that thinking is hard, but there's a discipline that must be mastered in order for us to be successful. In fact, Albert Einstein said, thinking is hard, that's why so few do it. Now, let's go further into the manuscript. It says, whatever situations we're currently, whatever situation we are currently facing, we thought ourselves into that situation. And renowned author John C. Michael says, your life today is a result of your thinking yesterday. Your life tomorrow will be determined by what you think today. Um, Benjamin Disraeli, a um, scholar in the past, he once said, nature, he, said, he once said, Nurture great thoughts, for you will never go higher than your thoughts. So basically, you'll never go higher than what, what your mind will, will, will carry. Now, good thinking will uh, good thinking will allow me to generate wealth, solve problems, and create opportunities. Those that's why it's so important to have good thinking. So good thinking will allow you, first of all, to generate wealth. Second, to solve problems, and it will allow you to create opportunities. Because no matter what job you're in, no matter what occupation, um, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're working with someone, whatever, your thinking is what has put you in that situation. If you're rich, your thinking somewhere down the line puts you in that situation. And we'll go further into that. So you cannot, you can, you can't look at someone basically to. Kind of summarize, you cannot look at someone else's success and become envious or jealous because you have to form your own thinking to caliput you to where you want to be. And it thoughts with your mind, how you think, how you perceive your, yourself. If you can't see yourself doing something, you will never do it. You have to first see yourself doing it. You have to first be in your imagination. So if you're not in your imagination, you will never ever achieve it. Now, so we want to wrap that up as we go in this last little section that says, and this is a quote from Napoleon Hill, he said in one of his books, more gold has been mined from the thoughts of man than has ever been taken from the earth. And that's basically where all wealth comes from. It comes from the imagination of human beings. 
you have to first see yourself achieving something. And if you never see yourself doing it, it will never happen. So that close that. Now we want to go to a little section called paradigms. Look at what are paradigms? If we want to live on a new level, we must think on a new level. In order to change our thinking, we have to change our paradigm. Bob Proctor, who's a uh, success guru, very famous success guru, he once said, paradigms control the results of, in our lives. When we shift our paradigms, our whole life improves. Paradigm, according to Webster Dictionary, mean, is a, it means a typical example of a pattern of something. A model, a model pattern, an example, exemplar, a template, a standard, a prototype, or an archetype. So you have to, we have to begin to change how we perceive ourselves. We have to begin to change the, our self-image. Paradigms are the roadblocks that stand between me and my goal. W.D. Muhammad, the, uh, has, uh, the aforementioned author of many books, and the son of, son of Elijah Muhammad, he states, I am a firm believer in competition, I am a firm believer in competitive ideals conceived on the battleground of change. In order to change our paradigm, we have to change the ideas the concepts we allow in our mind. And uh, W.D. Muhammad also said in 1935, Muhammad Speaks article entitled, Man, he says, a great knowledge that we have been teaching you is that the words make people. People are the product of words. A human being doesn't start to form in the flesh body until words reach the ear or the eye or affect the senses in some way of that human being. As we move to the next paragraph, it says, according to John C. Maxwell in his book, How Successful People Think, in this book, How Successful People Think by John C. Maxwell, he gives an, he gives three things that one must do to change, think, change their thinking and to change their life. Number one, he says, to understand the value of good thinking Number two, realize the impact of change thinking. Number three, master the process of intentional thinking. In the book, How Successful People Think by John C. Maxwell, he outlines 11 skills associated with good thinking and six that are six things that impact and six, I'm sorry, the six effects of, or the six impacts of change thinking. So let's look at the 11 skills associated with good thinking and the six impacts of change thinking. First, let's look at the 11 skills associated with good thinking. Number one, he says, seeing the wisdom of big picture thinking. Number two, unleashing the potential of focused thinking. Number three, discovering the joy of creative thinking. Number four, recognizing the importance of realistic thinking. Number five, releasing the power of strategic thinking. 
Number six, feeling the energy of possibility thinking. Number seven, embracing the lesson of reflective thinking. Number eight, question the exceptional of popular thinking. Number nine, encouraging the participation of shared thinking. Number 10, experiencing the satisfaction of unleashed thinking. Number 11, enjoying the return of bottom line thinking. And now I look at some of the six impacts of change thinking. So the six impacts of change thinking has changing your thinking changes your beliefs. Number two, changing your beliefs changes your expectations. Number three, changing your expectations changes your attitude. Number four, changing your attitude changes your behavior. Number five, changing your behavior changes your performance. Number six, changing your performance changes your life. Now, let's look at, as a bonus, let's look at the six steps of becoming a good thinker. Number one, expose yourself to good input. Number two, expose yourself to good thinkers. Number three, choose to think good thoughts. Number four, act on your good thoughts. Number five, allow your emotions to create other, other good thoughts and then repeat that process. So the key things is you are what you think about all the time. So in order to think about positive things, you have to be around positive people. You have to put yourself in an environment that ferments positive thinking, an environment that pushes forward forward positive thinking. So positive thinking is very important. So let's move, move on. I want to quote from a verse from the King James Version of the Bible, uh, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. The seventh verse says, For as he thinketh his heart, so is he. So that's also letting us know that we are what we think about. Now, let's look at a quote from W.D. Muhammad on September the 3rd, 1999 in a Muslim, in the newspaper called the Muslim Journal. This article is entitled Better Relation Between Jews, Christians, and Muslims. In this article, he says, One thing the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did for me, and I'm sure that he did it for many of you who followed him, he made me have the courage to think as big as the white man, any man. There is no man on this earth who thinks any bigger than I think. When I studied the Quran and really learned what God had obligated us to do on this earth, I started to think as big as any man. I don't care what color he is, my thinking is as free and as big as his. That is what Islam will do for us. If we accept it in its full dimensions, we have to accept the whole life and to live the whole life. So this is an article by W.D. Muhammad, September 3rd, 1999. So, as we uh, said in the first part of this look at the book, Overstanding the Law of the Future, the Honorable Muhammad opened up the minds of many African-American people as to possibilities. Uh, Marcus Garvey, Noble Drew Ali, they opened up possibilities and what they accomplish as organizations, we should be looking to accomplish those things. The possibilities of luxury, money, good homes, friendships, and all walks of life. We all should be striving for that. So that's uh, what we're going to, that's the, basically the end of our summary of 
that section of the book. But before we go, we want to take a look at another, just a little small part. We're going to look at the session entitled The Power of Imagination. Our imagination is the factory from which our vision arrives. What I can see, I can be. Albert Einstein once said, the imagination is more powerful than knowledge. Now, let's think about that. Albert Einstein, one of the great geniuses, said, imagination is more powerful than knowledge. Now, let's read on further. I have to be able to visualize what I want in my mind before I can make it, before I can make it manifest in the physical world. The Bible, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, King James Version, report, it says, Well, there is no vision, the people perish. So, all of our ideals are formed and nourished in our imagination. In order to exist or, or to be, you first must be able to see. There is no being without seeing. Vision equals something seen in a dream, trance, or ecstasy, especially a supernatural appearance that conveys a revelation. The act of power of imagination, the act of power of seeing, are your sight, as one person once said, when I visualize, I materialize. So in order to, to make things happen, you must first visualize it. When I visualize, I materialize. Napoleon Hill once said, all impulses of thought have a tendency to clothe, or clothe themselves in their physical equivalents. Abundance begins in our mind, and then it, then it materializes in the physical world. Wealth equals gratitude. Wealth is the state of mind. Now, let's go back to Reverend Ike, uh, one of the great um, motivational speakers of his time. He said, money is the getting power of the mind. Money is the being power, the doing power of the mind. Money is the power of acquisition. Whatever acquires, whatever gets is money. Mind power is money. Self-image is money. Because whatever you feel yourself possessing will be brought to you. You will be brought, you will be bought, it will be bought for you in mind. Money is the acquiring power of the mind. That's a quote by Reverend Act. I can call it. Now, so from that quote, we see, we see the abundance beyond sight. The abundance in the faith realm or the mind's eye. Now, moving forward. In the book, Dollars Want Me, The New Opulence by Henry Hamilton Brown, he states that opulence is righteousness. He also states that we must change He also states that we must change our mindset when it comes to the dollar or money. In this book, he states that following rules or mindset we must have concerning money or dollars. Number one, money or the dollar represents objective power. Number two, money or the dollar represents supply. Number three, money or the dollar means or represents opportunity. 
Four, money, the dollar is the concrete representative of the material supply. Number five, money, the dollar stands for individual liberty. Number six, money or the dollar has only designated power. I mean, money, you don't, money has only the power that, that I give it or that you give it. And so money, money or dollars are a manifestation of the one infinite substance as you are. But unlike you, they are not self-conscious. They are no power till you give them power. Money or dollars are machines with power delegated to it by man. And number nine, money or dollars are manifestations of the one world because true money is that which comes from God's creation. Now, let's go further. W.D. Muhammad once said, the more I prepare for, the more I get. The first step in our preparation for success is having the right vision of how we want our life to be. So we have to have a vision for our lives. And many of us, including myself, will hold us back in not having a vision or seeing ourselves what we want to be and maintaining that vision. So we have to prepare our mind for success by visualizing success, reading positive self-motivation books, reading scripture, and saying affirmations. Napoleon Hill in Thinking Glory says, what you can conceive and believe, you must achieve. So if I conceive it and believe it, I, it's gonna come about. So if certain things haven't come about, it means that you can't see it, or you see it, but you don't believe it, or you believe it, but you can't see it. You gotta have both of those in conjunction. It has been said that success is when preparation meets opportunity. So in order to be successful, we must constantly seek to be prepared. We must constantly seek to be better prepared. Prophet Muhammad of Arabia, who was born in 570 AD, is peace be upon him, reported up to have said, seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. We must, in a, we must all be in a constant quest for knowledge. Knowledge that will improve or expand our thinking. W.D. Muhammad in August 15, 1975, Muhammad speaks new favor article entitled The Plain of the Prophet said, Knowledge is the key to the door of kingdoms. So you have to be about seeking knowledge. The knowledge that you seek must be knowledge to improve itself. Uh, we have to be concerned about doing for self. We must come to the realization that everything we want is already here. We are only limited by the limits of our thoughts. We can have whatever we have the courage to ask for. The Creator wants you to have all the good things that you desire. He has put us in, the, in this womb called the multiverse and supplied it with everything we need. What we want, wants us. In the book, Things Are Rich, by Napoleon Hill, he says, what I can conceive and believe, I can achieve. Now, let's look at the three stages of creation. The three stages of creation are first, fantasies. You could build a fantasy of what you want. Visualize it in your mind. And then the second stage is theory. Visualize a concept or a way to turn fantasy into reality. And number three, fact. It could fantasy that that vision has been turned into a form or an idea and made into reality. So three steps of first is fantasy. When you build a fantasy in your mind, you, 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 you use your imagination to see it. Second thing is 
is to come up with a theory of how you're going to make that turn that fantasy into reality. And the third thing is fact, which is reality. That fantasy has been turned into reality. Now, let's go forward. Prophet Jesus, Isa, as he's known in Arabic, peace be upon him, told, told his disciples in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened un upon you. Open, uh, open unto you, I'm sorry. For every one that acts receives, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. So once again, we'll read that one time, one more time. He says, Acts, and it shall be given, to, given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that acts receives, and he that seeketh findeth, to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. This is Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 8. This is not just talking about spiritual blessings. This is most definitely also talking about material blessings. You have what you get, what you ask for. And a lot of us are afraid to ask for material blessings. But God wants you to have everything. He wants you to have material blessings also. Not just spiritual blessings. You have to, you have to be able to exist on all three levels. Now, so that's what we want to start right there. And we hope to pick up with part three later on. But until that time, if you like this um, presentation, like it. Please, when you see it on YouTube, please hit the like button. Uh, subscribe. Share this with someone. Uh, feel free to leave a comment. So my name is, like I said, my name is Hassan Shabazz. I'm a health and wealth coach. I'm a health and life. I'm a health coach and a wellness coach. And we're here to help, here to help you with your physical, mental, and spiritual needs. Your primary food, which is your which is your 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 relationships, your life, how you feel about yourself. And also to help you with your physical food, or your primary, or your, sorry, your secondary food, which is what you eat on, on a day-to-day -day basis. But first you have to get your primary food in order because what your primary, your emotions affect how you process food. No matter how good the food is, if your emotions are messed up, you're not gonna get the best out of that food. So until next time, peace, love,